following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 44 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. And we're your hosts of the PWT cast. We come to you every Monday. We're available wherever podcasts are found. Uh, if you aren't already, give us a follow over on Twitter and Instagram at PWT cast. Stank, how's your Sunday going? Well, you know, here in the in the suburbs, it's very nice. The sun is shining. Birds are tweeting. Uh, it's a cool 65 degrees. Um, so in my little suburbia bubble, everything's peachy keen. How about you? Uh, well, I live in the city and we, we, you know, we discussed how we would kind of go about talking about, you know, everything that's going on right now. Um, because anyone listening right now is no stranger to what's going on in the world. And, you know, our, we stand, you know, we, uh, speaking for myself, I stand with all the black, black lives matter people. Um, if you think all lives matter, I don't know what's, you know, it's been explained if that's still your stance. I apologize yeah. that that's the way you view things. And if, you know, our political views, you know, make you not want to listen to this, totally understand it. Don't take it personally. But, uh, you know, I'm, I just, I hope that we can all learn from this, you know, that this doesn't just, this doesn't just go down in history in the history books as, uh, you know, for all this to have happened in vain. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm with everyone out there, you know, protesting. Listen, I'm out with everyone out there rioting because, you know, you can only, you know, I, I, as a, I'm, I'm a Hispanic man. I'm not a, you know, I'm, I am, I guess technically a person of color. I, I really wouldn't consider myself that because, you know, I mean, more so my light complexion is, I mean, I. It's no secret. I've I've talked about it with friends. I've talked about it with you. I've never had a good experience with a cop, uh, and it has almost always primarily been because of because I'm Mexican. You know, I've been accused. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been accused of being a Latin king. Look at me. Nothing about me screams gangbanger. But again, I've never had a pleasant experience with the police. That doesn't mean that there aren't good police out there, um, and. Again, you know, as I guess I'm technically as a person of color, I've, I've been there. I, I understand how scary it can be to, to get pulled over by a cop or just to catch the attention of a police officer. So I hope that everyone out there is staying safe. Listen, whether you're, you know, whether you're advocating for whatever side it is you're on, just be safe. You know, if you're out there fucking protesting, you know, good for you, man. That's, you know, that's something that I, I myself personally wouldn't go out there and do. But if, you know, you get the balls to go out there and do that, you're a fucking superhero. Dave and I talk all the time about, you know, Batman, Superman, all these guys, Iron Man. You guys are the real superheroes. Let your voice be heard. Don't let anyone out there tell you that, you know, none of this matters. The protesting doesn't matter. The the rioting doesn't matter. Uh, Because it does. Because things will come of this. Uh, There was this small little riot a few years ago. Uh, The Boston Tea or, you know, whatever in Boston that riot yeah the Boston Tea Party Boston yeah. Tea Party and uh I'm pretty sure there was a ton of people saying nothing will come of this you guys are stupid you know so just be safe well that's the thing 
people forget, you know, this country is based on, you know, the, I mean, we, we started revolting against an oppressive system. You know what I mean? And granted back then it was a bunch of white guys doing it, you know? So it's ironic that, you know, people are forgetting that, but, um, yeah, I mean, me personally, I come from a, a slightly different perspective. You know, I was in law enforcement explorers when I was younger, which is kind of like, you know, boy scouts for people that might want to become cops one day. Um, I've generally had pretty good interactions with the cops. I've been arrested several times. Um, and you know, here's the thing too. Um, there's a lot of communities that have a lot of distrust in cops and that's because, you know, just like you said, sometimes they get pulled over. Sometimes they get a little heckled more than they would because of the color of their skin. Um, I mean, even in the instance of, uh, you know, what happened to that guy, there was a cop sitting on him. Yeah. George Floyd. Um, a cop was sitting on his neck with his knee and there were three other cops watching it happen. I'm not saying every cop would do that, but you know, it's been nice to hear, uh, police officers from other stations and other chiefs addressing their personnel saying, if you got a problem, with this guy getting arrested, you can leave the station. So, um, and like in Flint, uh, one of the sheriffs was at a protest and said, listen, we're taking our helmets off. We're putting our batons down. Uh, we want you to know we're here to serve you and we feel you. And, uh, we don't want this to be necessarily a protest. Let's turn this into a parade. And, you know, they got together with the community. It's not fair to a lot of cops that put on the uniform and instantly they're disliked. But, you know, the good ones have to turn around and they got to work hard and they got to say, listen, we're all a community. So, yeah, um, I but, think, oh, oh, sorry. well, but, but this push wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have happened unless people were protesting and rioting. You know what I mean? And it sucks if you got a business that got hit. Um, nobody, nobody wants to see people get hurt. But people have been getting hurt and they, they've been, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, you got stupid Tommy Lauren saying, oh, why can't you guys protest peacefully? It's like, well, you know, when people were taking a knee, you were throwing a shit fit about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, the time for peaceful protest seems to be over right now and people are angry. And this couldn't have happened at a worse time for people because they've been cooped up. People worried about their jobs, worried about making money worried about dying literally from a virus and then this happens. So that's, it's the perfect storm for something like this to happen. So, and listen, there's been a lot of people out there, um, that have, because I mean, without, you know, it's a lot of people that are, are white that do have, uh, they, they have more of a voice than a lot of minorities. And there's been a lot of people out there like, Hey, if you're white and you're at one of these rallies, get in front of a fucking police officer, get in front of all, you know, everybody else of color, because they're probably not going to shoot you. Right. And it's, and it's, it's really fucked up to say that it is really terrible to kind of think that way. But you know, it's, it's things like that. You know, one of our friends, Caitlin, she's up in Minnesota and she's been posting tons of video of different people, different colors, rights, you know, genders, all that. Like they're all getting together, cleaning up, taking care of one another. And that's the thing. Don't let, you know, again, we're trying, this kind of be the last we'll talk about it, but just 
yeah. d- don't let Twitter and Facebook and Instagram tell you, you know, what's going on, you know, and then ba- solely just base everything on there because a lot of communities, you know, as much as they're, you know, rebelling, they're also, you know, coming together to clean everything up. You know, you mm-hmm. had you had the the CEO of Target side with these people and say, yeah, no, it's fine. We can, you know, don't let it. We can rebuild. Target. That stuff's replaceable. Yeah, don't let any don't let anyone make you think that, you know, that a li- that a business is worth a life because it's not. All right, like if if yeah, and I told you, Dave. Like, listen, if I die brutal, if I get brutally murdered, which is what happened to George Floyd, he he got murdered. Yeah, it's, I'm not yeah, going to debate clearly. with anyone over that. When if I get murdered um, by a piece of shit little dick racist cop who'd already killed people and had about ten years of uh, complaints filed about him, and he was an, also an abusive spouse. Again, if I get killed by somebody like that, by all means, burn the burn, fucking, this, burn the burn this motherfucker <laughs> down, burn the city nope. down. Uh, but on a more light note, David. Uh, you were telling me about uh, this new HBO Max show with Elmo. Let's talk about some let's oh. talk Elmo. Yeah, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. Well, <clears throat> for those of you who have been living under a rock, HBO Max is here. Like everyone's been talking about the Friends reunion and all the episodes of Friends. They've got Aqua or not Aqua Tina, um, Adventure Time, um, but also the Snyder Cut is coming soon. Well, within like a year or so, I guess. Um, but anyways, I've got HBO Max and I was going through it. And um, for those of you that don't know, HBO, like a couple of years ago, partnered with Sesame Street to help fund them because they, they said, hey, Sesame Street's an important learning tool. And I, I think it is. Um, but they also they made like the smartest show ever. It's called The Not Too Late Show with Elmo. And it's basically... The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, except it's Elmo for kids. So, like, it starts out, Elmo's, like, doing the dishes with his mom and dad, which I didn't realize he had a mom and dad, but, I mean, of course he does. Why why not? Well, I thought he was, like, a a young 20-year-old living in, like, this, like, Sesame Street condo. I watched that Elmo show when I was younger, never saw his parents. And it's Goldfish and Dory. Yeah. Well, so, he's he's doing the dishes, and then you hear in the background, it's like, Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the you know the not too late show with Elmo. And he goes, "Oh, mom, dad, can I go do my show real quick before I go to bed?" And they're like, "Yeah, hurry up." Do they? And then he puts a suit on. Do they look just huh? like him, or? Um, his mom's a different color. I think his dad's red. They kind of look like Elmo, but I mean, they look like Sesame Street monsters. I, I imagine. You know? I imagine they just kind of look like Grover, who who's always just kind of looked like an adult bit. Elmo. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. They're, I think they're a little fluffier. Okay. But, like, part of his bedtime routine is he goes out, he does a show, there's a live audience full of, like, uh, Sesame Street characters and kids and adults, and Cookie Monster is, like, his Andy Richter. <laughs> and they do it, like, the first the first guest was Jimmy Fallon, and uh, he's trying to teach him how to do a talk show. Uh, they have a musical guest, and, like... El- Elmo it's trying to a- teach uh, what's his name Jimmy because I've seen that Jimmy Fallon show and <laughs> yes. she should not be teaching anyone. Yeah, um, but no, it's cool. And then you know, by the end of the show, his mom's like, "Oh, Elmo, it's time to go to bed." So he puts on his jammies and then he sings a song to everyone, and then it shows him going to bed. And I was like, 
as a parent, kids probably watch their parents watching Conan or Jay Leno or, you know, if you're really old, Jenny Carson. And you always want to stay up and watch that. So to make something for like little kids and then, you know, to be like, oh, Elmo's going to sleep. I should go to sleep too. I thought it was like the most genius idea. And I unironically have watched all three episodes that were on there. <laughs> like, it was pretty fun. So um, if you got kids, check out the Not Too Late Show with Elmo on HBO Max. Um, you won't be disappointed. Uh, definitely, sound, definitely sounds like something I would at least watch one time. You know, like I... <laughs> I got out Sesame Street when uh, I was a kid, so I haven't really yeah. kept up with the show. But I would definitely—I'm I'm not against watching at least an episode or two, especially if it's him, if it's Alba within that format, because that format actually sounds actually sounds pretty fun. Uh, speaking yes. of, of HBO Max, so I kind of I brought it up to you uh, right before we started. Uh, there's rumblings of a of a of an air cut of Suicide Squad. For those of you who who aren't aware, David Ayer, uh, he he was the original director. I mean, he's the credited director of Suicide Squad. Except he his movie was not seen due to uh, Warner Brothers kind of stepping in and changing things up. Got and, scared. Yeah, because I, listen, I will always attest, always a hundred percent attest to if you watch the the trailer of suicide squad uh the, the one with ballroom blitz in it that looks like such a fun movie like that looks it, it looks so cool but then you watch the actual movie and you're you're like yeah huh what like this doesn't suicide squad was the one movie again i've not ever walked out of a movie suicide squad and the last jedi were the only two movies that i've i've physically just like wanted to get up and leave yeah. because I'm just physically angry where I'm where it's like how could you fuck this up this bad um but yeah there there's uh there's talks of suicide squad getting the the air cut so uh I'm excited about that especially because again you know you you watch you hear what he wanted to do like his movie was supposed to directly lead into Justice League oddly enough yep. and it's just why not you know if, if it's there uh they'll probably have to spend some money you know again doing digital effects but if from sure. from what he said and most of it was already filmed then there doesn't have to be that much money put into it why not you know you you can't really go and film anything new right now especially now with this virus seemingly not going away anytime soon so if you yeah. if you have this at your disposal why not uh Will it happen? I don't know, but it would be pretty cool if it did because, again, I had such high hopes for Suicide Squad and unfortunately there's one giant fart noise when, when it did come out. I mean, what a great opportunity, though, to like take something that people shit on, clearly, and then even if it's not great, the people that saw the movie and weren't happy will probably watch it. So you'll, you get to double dip already. And also you get to – how often do you get to see something with perfect 2020 hindsight and say, I would have tweaked that and I wouldn't have done this. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing that they're doing. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what happens. So It'll, it'll be his vision. And even if yeah. even if his version of the movie does come out and it, if this version it does suck, well, hey, then maybe this now movie – you know. Yeah, now we know. It was going to suck from the get-go and – 
we There's all, no excuse. Yeah, no excuse, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. Nonetheless, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I was also very excited last week when, so we, when we recorded, we, we thanked everybody who purchased a t-shirt of ours available over at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash PWTcast. You know, we thanked everyone up front, and I mentioned if there's anyone who purchases a shirt after we're done recording, I will give you a shout-out next week. And as if almost on cue, uh, when we were done recording, there was one notification of one person who had purchased a shirt. And wouldn't you know it, it's former guest, uh, friend of the show, best friend of the show, one of my best friends, Vivian Urbina. She she bought uh, some of our T-shirts, and as I found out today, she's a Crate subscriber as well. Uh <laughs> Like I know to she's all in. She's all in. I know to a lot of people it's like, oh cool. To me, this this makes if I could tell high school scrump that, you know, his best friend Vivian was one day going to be just all in and she and she said it herself, you know, she's like, Well, with all this downtime, she's had time to explore all the all the wrestling that's out there, all the different companies, all the different shows and that's awesome. Like I yeah. I love that. I love that one of my you know, one of my oldest friend can now see like oh this is why you never shut the fuck up talking about it, it's cool seeing a fan being born exactly seeing it right before my eyes especially yeah. especially right now during a time where like wrestling is at its best i know a lot of people say like oh, i cool if you think the attitude era was the best sure by all means if you think you know whatever you think sure i personally think right now wrestling is at its best uh just because there's so much of it and a lot of it is different, you know, you, you have your new Japan, which is for the most part different than, you know, an impact wrestling, which is different than a ring of honor, which is different than AEW, which is different from WWE. And sure. They all have their similarities because of course there's going to be similarities, but it's also very cool to see that, uh, now more so than ever, each company kind of has their own distinctive taste, their own, uh, their own flair, but, you know, as before where it, it, I guess it would be more so kind of each company trying to be WWE light. They're now. Yeah, all, they were just slightly derivative. Yeah, they're all now slightly their their own thing. And it's cool. So I'm very excited that that's happening. I'm very excited that wrestling is getting, you know, just one more fan. I also need to I'm, and I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to find. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be the worst because there's so much crates. But I'm going to have to find Vivian's crate and like. Put a, like a little note in there so that when she gets it yeah. delivered, you know she's like, "Oh, this idiot." Um, but before you're gonna have to do some digging though, because this crate was oh, these, crate, a lot of these crates are only getting bigger. These things are monsters. Yeah. They're only getting, you know, they're all, they're only getting bigger. Which again, good problem to have. Um, yeah, it's a good problem. But before so before we get into this week's episode, uh, actually, you know what? No, we'll, we'll save it for after for after the interview because. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of turtle talk I want to have and uh, we've, we've it's already kind of been a little hefty up front. Uh, this week though we had the pleasure of talking to Alicia to you know the interview queen herself who uh, I've I, I mentioned in the interview like I had been following her videos for a while. We met uh, I guess unofficially um, backstage at All In, both waiting to take pictures with Pharaoh, Cody's dog, and yeah I. You know, I was like, "Oh, who's this person?" And then kind of just found out who she was, found out about her her YouTube channel, and it's very awesome for someone who's only twenty five and who's been interviewing since she was seventeen. You know, doing interviews since she was seventeen, complete pro, like on top of her game, and just 
like crushing it. You know, she mentions once you hear her talk about the sheer number of interviews that she's done, it's like, holy shit, like it comes across. Uh, and we had the pleasure of talking with her. You know, we, we brought up a lot of things like her time in Impact, working for MLW now, what it was like backstage at All In. Uh, we, you know, we even get to some comic book talk because <clears throat> she's she's one of us. She's a comic book fan. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. Um, hey, if you haven't already, though, she does have a new T-shirt available over uh, at Pro Wrestling Tees. Just go to MLW's page and you'll see it right there. Uh, so support her, support MLW, purchase her shirt. Again, that's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash MLW. Uh, but without any further ado, Dave, let's go ahead and get into this week's interview with Alicia Toot. So I've been a fan of this person's uh, YouTube channel, Ambi, for a while now. I remember uh, discovering her right before All In, uh, which actually brings me to the one specific memory I have is uh, I was backstage at All In, as you guys know. Uh, myself, Ryan, and Frank from Pro Wrestling Tees, we uh, came out prior to the show and shot the t-shirt cannons. And being backstage at that show, there's so many wrestlers, so many people, uh, and it's like kind of nerve wracking. Like I remember Ray Mysterio being right there, and I'm like, oh, I can't ask Ray for a picture, uh, you know. Or Okada just walking around. I'm just like, oh. But the one person uh, who I did see that I was like, I need to get a picture with this person was Pharaoh. And the one thing I specifically remember is I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be a, a fan. Go ask for a picture with Pharaoh. And as I'm taking my picture, there's one other person who. Uh, is also sitting there waiting for a picture with Pharaoh. Uh, and that was this week's guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with us today, we have the interview queen herself, Alicia. To Alicia, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm doing pretty well today. Now I'm going to be reminiscing about that adorably beautiful dog <laughs> and my interview with Pharaoh, you know, good times. But um, I'm doing well. Thanks again for taking the time. Oh, no, they, thank, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm always happy when we have uh, someone from Canada on. I uh, I love Canada. I you know I, I talked about it when uh, we spoke with Ethan Page. I've got uh, I always tell the story. I got this uh, maple leaf tattoo, thinking that it was uh, a Friday the Thirteenth inspired tattoo because in my head uh, Jason Voorhees was Canadian. I'm I'm not sure where I got that from. Where I think like in the actual <laughs> movies he's he's from not that far from here near Crystal Lake. But in my head, I was like, no, 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 yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, so I got that, and people always, like, assume I'm Canadian whenever I travel. Like, uh, uh, I've, I've told the story. I'm, I've, I was at Universal Studios, and uh, a lot of people were like, oh, how are you enjoying it here? How, are you, how do you like America? And I was like, that, why does everyone keep asking me that? I'm like, that's so weird. And then my buddy was like, well, you have that giant maple leaf tattooed on the back of your arm. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks you're Canadian. And I was just like oh okay i'm like that i was like that. that'll do it i was like yeah that uh that'll do it uh but you know we mentioned your youtube channel uh up front and yeah and you you've interviewed like you have quite the resume of people that you've interviewed uh you know everyone from like bret hart you know all the the elite guys and you have musicians on there as well uh what are some of your favorite interviews that you've done it's so hard answering that question because since I started this whole thing at 16, 17, and I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because my birthday is coming up. I was like, how many people have you actually interviewed? And I looked into it 
and it was over 4,000 people since I was a teenager. So when I'm asked that question, I'm like, oh, gosh, who are my favorites? Like, it's so hard. So on the music side, some of my favorites would have to be um, just bands that I've, I've loved. So like Taking Back Sunday, The Used, Dashboard Confessional, Metallica. Like, I've interviewed a lot of really cool bands uh, that I grew up listening to. And then on the wrestling side, I'm interviewing everyone from Omega to Jericho to Mick Foley to Dustin Rhodes. Uh, You mentioned Bret Hart there, Uh, Jake the Snake. Like, I feel like I've had the best of people who are up and coming and then legends on the show. And I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, it's always, I mean, I think especially like we kind of learned like when we started interviewing wrestlers that I think one of the fun parts is getting to know them, like them personally, which from a lot of your videos you know it, it it doesn't ever seem like oh here's just you know this person doing like the media rounds it seems like oh here are two friends just having like a like a fun genuine conversation i know uh seeing your videos with uh killer kelly uh like the that it's like oh okay these are just two friends you know uh shooting the shit about you know whatever the case may be which is always kind of like fun for me and dave to see because uh you know, we only been doing this for like about a year, but when we kind of started like, oh, well, it's, you know, let's, let's look at what everyone's doing. And it wasn't more, like you weren't as someone who was kind of just like trying to get the scoops, you know, like it was like, oh, let me talk right. to this person and kind of see, you know, what they're into. And, and that, that's kind of something that we appreciate more because uh, like in the world of wrestling, especially in same with musicians, like, there's a lot of interesting personalities. Like it's almost like the two along with stand-ups, uh, stand-up comedians as well. Like they're all kind of cut from the same cloth. They have these like weird personalities, but that's what makes them uh, stand out. You know, like you always see uh, with a lot of wrestlers, they always say like, Oh, you know, this person is just themselves turned up to a hundred. Uh, so, but with your videos, it's definitely, definitely comes across. Uh, is there like any specific videos that you've done that's like that stick out to you? Whether you know for like oh this, you know I can't believe I got this one done or you know anything like that. Um yeah, I mean it was cool for me. I know I mentioned him previously, but the first time that I got to speak with Kenny Omega was the year that he was on the front cover as number one in like the PWI 100. So when I got to interview him and I'd only been doing wrestling interviews at that point for about four months, uh, that was huge for me. And it was my first time meeting him before working with him at All In and everything like that. Um, And of course, interviewing him since, but that was really cool for me because I was like, oh my gosh, I've only been doing this for a few months. And like, like i'm getting such a major star on here and he was so humble and uh great with his time so that was super cool um a couple other people that have been just awesome to interview i mentioned him already but mick foley um and i feel like a lot of them are people i I mentioned Mm -hmm. the first question because my favorite interviews that end up being like the ones where i'm like kind of in awe of people so um foley was great because i was not expecting him to just be so joyful and kind and you hear things about people and you never know if it's going to actually mirror how they are in real life. But he was just wonderful. And that interview led to me hosting his Hell in a Cell, uh, a couple of shows on that tour, the 20th anniversary tour. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of crazy where one interview can kind of bring you or what other opportunities come from it. So those are a couple in wrestling that come to mind where I feel like they were kind of pinnacle moments in, in my career. And what was that like hosting McFoley's show? Because I know like even often like, you grew up a wrestling fan so for someone like 
Mick Foley to say, hey, I, I really like your work. Do you want to help me on, on this project that I'm doing? Like, that has to just be the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, it was nothing fuss. I remember crying and like, I'm not a super, super emotional person, but there comes a point where you realize he is one of the greatest humans to have ever been in professional wrestling. He's just an absolute icon. And so for all the people out there who are decent on the mic or who can go in front of a crowd uh, to want me to host a few shows on a huge tour you're doing, it just it blew my mind. And I was so humbled and grateful. Plus, he was one of my favorites growing up. He's one of my favorite people now. Uh, it was just, it was absolutely surreal, to be honest. I, I still kind of can't believe it happened. Like, I pinched myself. It was the first hosting opportunity I was ever given. So at the same time, I was like shitting bricks because I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I'm doing this. And now, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, two years later, now I can just kind of walk on stage and not even think twice about stuff. But uh, it definitely was a, a huge opportunity that changed a lot for me. I think the fun thing with Mig too is just, you mentioned how nice he is. Uh, yeah, he's kind. You know, we I, there was a C2E2 comic book convention over here. Uh, he was there, I believe it was like two or three years ago now. And you, with the case, uh, Ryan, you know, owner of Pro Wrestling Tees, he's usually too busy running around doing whatever. So myself and uh, one of the other managers, Frank, we'll kind of go around, say hello to all the wrestlers. And we go over there, say hi to McFoley. And mind you, he has this, he's McFoley, so he has this huge line just stops just talks to us and we keep kind of just trying to politely oh okay you know we'll, we'll let you get back he's like no, no 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 no, let's just keep talking and like it gets to the point where we're just like no no no, really big you know we just wanted to say fine he just say hi and you know he's like no no come on let's take a picture let, let me sign some autographs and we're like no 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 make it's okay you get back to you know to to all the people <laughs> he's like no come on here he's like we're taking you guys are getting autographs and taking photos and i think it's like that genuine kindness of his that that comes off and like Again, you know, a lot of times people say like, "Oh, don't meet your heroes," but I think if anyone has a chance to meet McFoley, they should a hundred percent do it because he's he's like a giant teddy bear, you know. Yeah, he's wonderful. It was so cool too because there was a moment where he was hosting. Because um, I hosted, I hosted two shows for the Twenty Years of Hell tour, and then I hosted a show he had during SummerSlam weekend for him. So uh, at that point, I hosted like four shows for him uh, last summer, and I remember he came on stage. And the way that he just got the crowd to like cheer for me after they already did. And like, he got a chant going and stuff. He is just so selfless and kind and gentle. It's so, just a, such a gentle giant. And then knowing his daughter as well, um, you know, he always refers to me as like, I remember in the first tour, he was like, Oh, and there's my, my little other, other kid over there. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the most, this is the strangest, craziest thing ever. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mentioned earlier, like I, I actually watched your, your YouTube channel, Ambi. Um, one of my favorite, one of the favorite video segments that you do is like when you do the the Q and A's, when you answer the questions. Oh, okay. And I, I specifically remember one sticking out to me where you mentioned, uh, which kind of made me think where I was like, oh, I was like, she'll probably get along with with Dave and myself because Dave and I, we we love talking about comic books, superheroes, oh cool, all that kind of stuff. And I know you, you've you mentioned before, Spider-Man and Batman are your two favorite superheroes. Dave over here loves Batman himself. And, uh, oh, you, I love Batman. <laughs> you specifically mentioned that, uh, I believe it was A Long Halloween is your favorite Batman book? Totally. 100%, yeah. Uh, were you aware that this uh, current Batman that they're filming with Rob Pattinson, uh, it's suppo- supposedly, they haven't confirmed it, but it's based on A Long Halloween. 
I had no idea. I saw that they casted him and I was like, hey, he's got the jawline. Like I can kind of see it. Sure. Uh, but I never really looked past that because I was so into the comic books growing up. Like the movies were almost a secondary thing for me. And I, I watched all of them growing up mm-hmm. um, and I still do now. But uh, so when they announced, it, I was like, OK, cool. Like when it comes out, I'll watch it. I won't have any expectations and we'll see what happens. Like that's kind of how I am with superhero films now because some are great and some just have absolutely sucked. So uh you know, I'm to a point now where I don't get my hopes up. Um, but I had no idea that could be absolutely incredible if they actually do the storyline justice. Well, are you are you still a frequent comic book reader? Because like I know, uh, a lot like a lot of the earlier books, you know, they're really fun. But I think in like the most in mo- more recently, like Marvel and DC has just been kind of like a lot of time trying to reboot their universes and trying, you know, trying different things because. You, you have to grow with the reader like right. there's, there's only so many you know oh batman and superman are fighting again or can you believe what the avengers are up to now that it's it's fun you know but i know i kind of find myself going back and reading o- older stuff uh i know dave for how Hall- for halloween for christmas he recently got me uh the watchman graphic novel and that was like my first time uh, in a long time reading the you know the actual graphic novel and uh what do you still keep up with the comic books yourself or is it just more so fond memories of when you were younger yeah so once in a while i'll go back and read whether it's like ultimate spider-man or spider-man blue or um like I, oh, the collection we have in the basement like the stuff that my dad's been able to get over the years is just it's it's so much it's, it's ridiculous you have boxes and boxes so sometimes i'll go back and i'll kind of read an old volume or something just when i feel like it or need to decompress uh but i ha- haven't really been keeping up with any of the newer stuff really uh it's been a while since i've actually bought a comic book it's more so just now reading older ones and reminiscing about the stuff i loved when i was a teenager or even preteen really um i'd like to it's just to a point now where between all the wrestling stuff, keeping up on the music stuff, the editing, uh, just having time for myself. It's like really hard to even think about comics. <laughs> so I'd really like to get back to reading new ones, but I just haven't recently. Speaking of, speaking of being a teenager, that that's that's when you started your uh, your music blog. I mean, what, what made you decide to kind of reach out and start, uh, you know, what eventually started your kind of your rise to, to fame, I guess you call it. Um, what made you decide to get out there and say, Hey, I'm going to start interviewing people. Yeah. So it happened very organically and it was actually never something I set out to do. Funny enough. Um, I was in high school and I started writing a bunch of song and album reviews in my classes just to kill time when I finished early. And then I got to the point where, um, my parents, like I told them, Hey, I've just been writing to kill time. And they're like, Oh, why don't you start posting it online? And so I created a blog on wordpress and i would just post random album reviews and uh then i went to a concert where i met a band that i love called bombay bicycle club i went with my dad and my sister and we had this crappy little hd camera and uh, this may be like three months into having my blog and my dad was like hey why don't you ask them a couple random questions and i was like what what are you talking about like what the hell do you mean and he's like just ask them a couple questions like it could be fun and so next thing you know the camera's rolling i'm asking one of my favorite bands these two random random questions posted online and people started watching it. I was like, what? What? I'm so confused. And uh, next thing you know, I just started interviewing 
tons of bands that I loved and it was never like a, something I ever sought out to do. Um, I started to realize I could get into shows for free by doing this and meet bands for free without having to pay for, for meet and greets. So um, that was honestly the reason it all started. I was just a kid who really loved music and wanted to meet bands and go to shows. And then it all kind of just grew from there when I started to realize, oh my gosh, like people actually like what I'm doing was maybe start taking this a little bit more seriously. And so I did. Do, do you, do you remember your first really big interview and, and how you felt like, did you get like crazy butterflies? Yeah, it's kind of nuts because when I first started, um, I was given a lot of cool opportunities. So, I mean, like, even though they're not as known over here, there are a lot of British bands like Tudor cinema club and Frank Turner and Bastille and Vance joy. Um, and all of these, Bands now are like radio bands. Like Bastille just had, like, I think, a song with the Chainsmokers or some big group that went viral. And um, Vance Joy sold out shows everywhere. Dua Lipa, who is now one of the biggest stars in the world, I had on maybe like a year into interviewing. And then I got Metallica and um, Motorhead and all these other big bands. So it was kind of nice because from the start, there were a lot of big art bands that I interviewed. But at the same time, I was hustling every other night um, at like seven, 17 years old, going to shows I wasn't even allowed to legally attend uh, just to interview bands who weren't that big, just to kind of hone my craft and get better at what I was doing. So, yeah, I don't know. I've, I was always nervous because it was something that I never sought out to do. But after the first, I mean, after doing like 4,000 of them, you kind of you get used to it and the nerves kind of go away. <laughs> So wanting to interview musicians to get into shows for free, which, like, it it it's such like a teenage thing to do. You know, like in hindsight, yeah. like that sounds like like the plot of like a, a Netflix you know preteen show where they're just like, oh, little Alicia, she interviews people to get into uh, different shows every week. You know, what band is she going to meet this week? Uh, <laughs> but that eventually leads to you working with Impact Wrestling. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was one of those natural transitions I never sought out for again. I never expected to happen. Uh, things got so big on the music side of things um, that I decided to start interviewing wrestlers because it was another passion of mine. And I was working for a local promotion in Toronto. And then I started doing uh, stuff for another promotion called BCW. And the VP of that company is, uh, or sorry, the one of the co-owners of that company is Scott Demore, who runs Impact. So since I was already doing stuff for his other brand, he's like, Hey, when we're in Canada, would you like to do our stuff? Like everyone likes you. We like having you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a cool opportunity. Why not? So I started working for them and that was great at last. I don't even know how long I was doing stuff for them. Um, it was all freelance and I was there for maybe eight months doing television. And then I had a Twitch show with Santino, um, like Anthony Corelli and I had a Twitch show for a good, like eight months as well. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And it definitely taught me, a decent amount about how things are run behind the scenes and production and how promos are actually cut into TV shows. Like I was naive to all that since I had never experienced it behind the scenes, just watched on TV. So um, it was, it was a pretty fun time for me. Well, especially with impact, it, they seem like a company where things are constantly changing. Like if it feels more so yeah. now that they've kind of uh, found their groove, they know what they're doing. Uh, but I imagine, especially as someone, uh, like green in that field as, as far as being on tv and things to kind of learn firsthand like you mentioned you know seeing how promos are cut kind of just seeing the behind the scenes things that it's very helpful for yourself because you're able to use that knowledge uh 
you know, for the next time you're on TV, which if I'm not mistaking, it's, it's all in, uh, because that, you know, like I, you know, Dave and I, we, we talk about all in all the time. Like it's, it's such a weird, it was such a weird show that happened. You know, I don't, I'm not sure a show like that will ever happen again with so many different wrestling companies working together. It eventually leads to AEW. And like I know, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, myself, Ryan, and Frank, you know, from Pro Wrestling Tees, we were there, you know, the show opens up, we're shooting T-shirts into the crowd. Later on in the night, I'm working as one of the penis druids for Joey Ryan. Like, that's always such a, like, a crazy, memorable night for me. But what is it like for you to go from you know interviewing bands to all of a sudden in front of ten thousand people and you know like they're watching you they're listening to you interview kenny omega like what how how's that night remembered in in your memory yeah it was freaking crazy honestly it was it was nuts um i was so honored that they wanted me out of everyone they could have chose to have been their host it was a really cool experience in that regard and i just remember looking around being like oh my gosh there are all of these like people I grew up watching from like Rey Mysterio to seeing like the NWO guys back there. And then at the same time, I was like, and now there's, these are all my peers, you know, there were people from impact when I was currently working there. And then, you know, it was just plucked from all different uh, places. So it was really cool looking around and thinking, Oh my gosh, like I'm a part of this. I get to be the host of the night. Like it was amazing. And I'm forever grateful to those guys for giving me that chance and, seeing something in me and giving me a lot of creative freedom. I've been in some promotions where it's like, okay, say this and we'll move on. And they do everything in one take and they don't really, you know, care to finesse stuff. And being with uh, doing those AEW shows um, all in and double or nothing, it really showed me like, okay, this is like a really cool way for stuff to get done. So I, I learned a lot from that experience too. Yeah. It's very, again, like a very surreal thing where, you know, you grow up idolizing these wrestlers, or just being to, to just going being backstage with them, and it, it's very much they're they're just normal people. Like in our minds, especially when we're younger, we have this this idea where, oh my god, they're they're these superheroes larger than life, and it's again very cool just being able to back be you know backstage at a show and just talk with people or watch a show. Like I remember watching uh, Cody's match. And I'm just standing next to like, uh, I, no, Nick, all this wouldn't have been there. It was a uh, Jeff Jarrett. He was there. Uh, just like all these people, you know, we're, we're in the penis costumes and, uh, DDP's like, Hey, he's like, can you, can you move your dick out of my way? And I'm just like, sorry, DDP. Uh, you know, and it's just, it was such like a very weird experience, but, uh, yeah, man, it, it it's crazy to think back like 10,000 people that night kind of just lead to this like whole other company happening uh and i imagine to be able to it was it was a very similar to like when mick foley asked you like hey can you do this for me yeah it was because again in my mind i'm thinking they have their choice of anyone that they would like to host this show you know they they literally can choose anyone they have so many friends in the business um they know a crazy amount of backstage interviewers and i, I was just absolutely honored that they chose me out of out of everyone it was it was very surreal and it was just a great night because i feel like the promo that we aired the one that kenny and i did it turned out great uh, there was humor in it like they really let me kind of drive it and come up with the uh, some of the ideas and 
I don't know. It was, it was just a lot of fun. I have a lot of fond memories from that night. And it led to a lot of big opportunities because it put me on a huge stage. Um, my name was already out there because of my YouTube channel, but this definitely helped expand it. And um, then it led to my double or nothing opportunity, which was also a really incredible time. So and, and now I'm with MLW and it's like really nice having worked with other promotions and learning what I like and what I really don't like. And now being able to be my best self and my best interviewer and host while working with um, the company I'm with now. And how does the job with MLW come along? Did you reach out to them or, you know, you mentioned at, at that point after all in, you start, you know, blowing up, you're, you're working with different companies. Do they come to you or is it something, was it something kind of mutual? Yeah. So MLW reached out to me in December, uh, no, November of 2019. Um, so it was honestly just what that would have been seven months ago so yeah they reached out to me and um i knew that they're familiar with me and i've been familiar with them and their roster for a while and they just said hey we'd really like to bring you out to our december show um we're looking at new hosts and we really just love what you're doing and we'd like to see how things kind of mesh how things feel and i was like yeah i'm down like at that point um I hadn't signed with any companies. I knew that there were a few that were interested in me and my name was kind of being circled around, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's give this, let's give this a shot. And it just, it just meshed so incredibly well, like better than I ever thought. So uh, then I signed at the end of December, went into 2020 um, officially with a promotion, which was crazy for me. Cause when you think about it, like in terms of when they hire people, there's so many wrestlers per promotion, but there's usually only one or two backstage interviewers. So again, just like with, with Foley or um, the Bucks and Cody wanting me, this was another thing where I was like, oh my gosh, this brand wants me to be like that one person to kind of be the face of their company. That's crazy. And we talked about stuff um, extensively. They gave me terms I was super, super happy with. And I know they were happy with the quality of my work. So, you know, I put pen to paper and now we're here. Well, MLW is like a really fun company and like they're low-key making big moves. Uh, I know I've gone to two of their tapings here and, and uh, when they've come to Chicago and they're they're a little long, but it's always a fun show, you know, like the way, especially the way they like structure out their shows. It's always, it's really fun and it's cool to see that like they're flourishing, you know, in a time where everyone's kind of paying attention to to the new japans and the the aews that like mlw is kind of just over here and they're like hey we're doing our thing and they're like people are interested the people are paying attention uh and court bauer and all them they seem like really fun people you know i've, I've heard them before on uh court bauer he specifically used to do a, a podcast with uh john pollock of post wrestling and uh he seems like a fun boss <laughs> he is he's awesome and i think the thing that i love most about MLW is I've been places where I've suggested stuff for promos or storylines or things that I think would really make something better and not being like, oh, I'm a creative mind, but just something as simple as switching a phrase or, you know, you get really good ideas once in a while. Um, and you'd be in other spots and an agent would just look at you or producer and be like, uh, no, we're just going to stick to what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. If you want the product to be shittier, like not on me. So, you know, when it comes to MLW, court and all the producers and all the agents they're so willing to listen not just to me but all the talent all of my coworkers, and that's why i think our product comes off so genuine and raw in a sense because there's grit to it and there's passion and drive and like most of the promos are within a couple takes and it's because you know a lot of people are like oh it's a one take wonder and those are awesome when they happen 
But a lot of the time I've seen producers say, oh, it's a one take wonder. And it was a horrible promo and they just want to move on to the next. So they really take their time to make sure everything is done with a purpose, with intent, and that it's good. And I admire that so much because I'm not someone that half-asses things. So the fact that they listen, they're willing to um, take input, they don't have an ego. I fell in love with with the brand because of that. Oh, and that well, also... that's, that's kind of... Oh, no, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Well, well, that's the thing about like some wrestling promotions. Um, and we like to keep it positive on here. But like some wrestling promotions will hire people that are known elsewhere for their talents and then they get into the wrestling promotion and then they say you have to do it this way now and right. you know so they, they wonder why uh so and so uh when they were wrestling on the indies uh is not quite the same when they're on you know this new promotion and you can kind of feel that stuff gets overproduced sometimes or you know they're not allowed to be as collaborative as as you know what you're doing with uh, MLW and you see it in the, in the end product, I think. So no, absolutely. And I'm the same way. Like I'm a super positive person. My outlook is normally, normally pretty good on my days, but I mean, <laughs> when you're looking at it from a business stance, like you really just do have to be blunt and think this is going on television in front of thousands of people. Like, exactly. Why, why aren't you putting in as much care as you should be? And so when I, with MLW, I'm always psyched to watch the show in full. Cause I'm like, Ooh, how's this going to unravel? How's this going to look like it's, it's just, it's so much fun. I take, I take a lot of pride in it, which uh, is, I don't know. It's just a good feeling. Well, it's also part. And like, I know, like so dave he's 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 the head designer over at pro wrestling tees and there's a lot of times where like even if he's working on one of our designs for the show you know i'll be like how's this and i'll be like oh man it looks great but he still puts in you know more work to make it look just a little bit better and it's it's that you know it's taking pride in your work because you want to you, you know especially you like you're selling yourself as a brand you know you want people to, to stumble across you who, who don't know you and be like, oh, wow, you know, this is this person's legit. You know, this person, you know, they seem passionate about what they're doing because, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've if I'm watching something or listening to, you know, a podcast or whatever the case may be. And if I can tell that clearly the person's not into it or doesn't want to be there doing that, that's not going to make me go, oh, I should probably watch more of, yeah. their, more of their content. You know, like it's the people that. Right. Uh, you know, again, that, that spend so much time on just like perfecting their craft, and like with you, you've if you, you've done four thousand interviews. I mean, yeah. <laughs> at, you know, clearly yeah, you're only twenty five. Yeah, clearly, clearly <laughs> it's some, it's something that you love. You know, like clearly, if I stumble across a, a random video of yours, it's like, oh, okay, cool. This isn't just something that she's doing to kind of get some clout. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people um, kind of try to get that shortcut you know it's like oh i, I really want to become known you know as a figure in the world of wrestling let me kind of try to quickly I'll, I'll start a podcast or something but it's like mainly just like oh and then on monday night raw they did this can you believe it and it's like no you know like dave and i when we even came up with the idea with this it was just let's talk to people in wrestling and you know hey what's your you know what do you think happened to atlantis just random questions and just again try to have fun with it because uh especially with wrestling like a lot of times a lot of there there can be a lot of negativity you know mm -hmm. um a lot of a lot of wrestling fans kind of feel like entitled to like well you know 
these people, I, I, I pay their mortgage. And it's like, well, no, it's again, it's not how they work. These are real people. Uh, but it is always fun when you, when you encounter people, uh, you know, like we, we interviewed F, uh, Effie and kind of just like hearing him and hearing his philosophy on like, oh, well, this is how I approach my fans and this is how I treat my fans because, again, you're kind of selling yourself and if someone, you know, watches an Effie match or even watches one of your videos and they go, oh, man, this person's clearly passionate about what they're doing, I want to know more. Uh, because, I mean, even, I know, speaking for myself, I had mentioned to you, we uh, we met at uh, WrestleCon back in New York, which for whichever mania that was. I believe it was maybe like two years ago. Um, I think it was, two, yeah, two years back. Yeah, two, about two years ago. And uh, with much like uh, every time I, I'd go down for WrestleMania weekend, uh, Ryan's like, hey, can you, here's a list of people. Can you get me autographs from them for the shop? We have this giant autograph wall. Like yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, and and I go up to your table, and it was you and whoever you were with at the time, and you guys are just talking about Swedish fish, and uh, <laughs> and I'm and I'm just sitting there, like I'm standing there waiting because I don't want to interrupt, you know. So you guys are kind of just talking, and I'm kind of just standing there, and you guys are going on, and then you were like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, how long have you? And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like I didn't want to interrupt you guys, but like in my head, I was like, I just heard it talk for like two minutes about like Swedish fish. I believe you guys are having some conversation about like which ones tasted better and like in the back of my head i was just like man i don't know who she is but i oh, i knew who you are you know but i'm like i'm like i don't know much about her but i'm like she's really passionate about swedish fish and then kind of watching more of your videos where you talk you're like yeah like it's my favorite candy i was like oh hell yeah because specifically with swedish fish there used to be a uh a 7-eleven down the street from where we grew up and they used to sell them individually for like five cents and I remember all the time, our cousins, uh, whenever they were a little bit older than us, and you know, we'd go over to to this one park, and they would always like, oh, okay, let's stop by Seven Eleven, and they would always tell me and my sister, go ahead, grab as many sweetest fish as you want, and we just, I mean, we were kids, we we're probably seven and eight, and we just grab these handful of Swedish fish and throw them on the counter as if we were kings, you know? We're like, oh, this is the <laughs> best. I mean, they're like five cents, you know. We, we, it probably would have been cheaper if they would have just bought us one of the bigger bags uh right but, it's for it's the fun of it yeah you know yeah. It's, it's the fun of it i mean especially with that with like uh it, it it brings me back again to another one of your videos where dave and i uh about a week or two ago we had uh one of what someone here who works with us um and he mentioned that he had this uh this pillow that he's had for years now since he was a kid and watching one yeah. of your videos you mentioned that you had uh an older uh big bird stuffed animal that, yeah. that that your parents had given you uh and again it made me chuckle because uh on that same episode where dave and i we had uh, our guest he talked about his old pillow um i'm actually staring at him right now but i've got this if i'm i'm about to be 27 so this 26 year old winnie the pooh uh that when my sister was born i guess i was kind of like a jealous kid she's one year younger than me uh so my uncles got her uh winnie the uh, just a little, little stuffed winnie the pooh and again, me being like a jealous one-year-old, just took it from her and never gave it back. Uh, and just like for forever, I've had it. Like when I was younger, you know, I'd bring it with me everywhere. Like to the point where uh, he's not wearing his famous red, you know, shirt. He has this like nicely blue knitted uh, sweater that uh, it was my mo my mother, and my grandmother. One of them knitted it for him because I would just be like, he's cold, he's cold, he needs a sweater. Uh, especially like living here in Chicago, it gets cold and like. 
really snowy. Right. Uh, but yeah, this big bird, I imagine you still have him around. He's literally in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a big bird and then two monkeys, one monkey, his name's monkey. And I got him from uh, the Chicago pier when I was maybe five or six. It was like a build a bear. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I have another monkey that means a lot to me that I have too. So yeah, I'm, I'm like nothing against being, tw- I'm almost 25 in a couple of days and I, I still have three plush toys that just sit on my bed. I think it's just one of those nostalgic things. Like I love Sesame Street growing up. I see it and it just makes me smile. Like, I don't know what it is about it. It's nice to reminisce and, and kind of just feel that warmth. So I totally am going to have that for forever and i'm gonna give it to my kids and let it keep on getting passed on well isn't that kind of the fun especially with me and dave like you know we're older now so it's easy to like dave he just bought this it's a ninja turtles like movie replica uh like uh mask and i think the the fun part about being an adult and it's weird because i didn't see it so much with my parents but i guess it was just different like now that I'm an adult, I'm like, oh man, I was super, I was really into this as a child. And I'm like, oh, I can just go buy these things that remind, you know, like I was really into like Power Rangers when I was younger. I remember there's being like a specific toy that my parents just never bought me. And it was maybe like a year or two back. There was like a, a vintage toy store over by, by the apartment that I lived in. And I'm just walking around and I see it right there, the, that specific toy. And I'm just like, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. And I'm trying to talk myself out of it, and I'm like, "What am I? What am I doing?" And I'm like, instantly, I'm like, "Yeah, here, I'll take this." Didn't even ask like the guy how much it was, uh, but that's always like fun. It's like when you get older and you realize, like, "Oh yeah, these things I was like super into as a kid." Like, I can just you know bring that back now or, or buy more. Like I know with a lot of uh, like Funkos, the Funko Pops, they think they do like, yeah. a really good job at like reminding you, like, "Hey, do you remember the specific thing that you were super into as a kid?" Here, uh, here's seven Funko Pops. You should just they're buy real, all they're of them. really good at weaponizing nostalgia. <laughs> weaponizing. <laughs> I mean, That's it's fine. true. <laughs> uh, well, b- before we wrap up here, uh, we have two questions we ask everyone uh, who comes on the show. Um, the first one being, do you remember your first piece of wrestling merchandise? You know, be it uh, a toy someone gave you, a video game that you played, uh, a T-shirt that you know was gifted to you. Um, the first thing that I remember actually having it's not necessarily mine it's my dad's but um i have one of mick foley's books and i remember reading that when i was a kid my sister read it because she was younger than me and then um it was the mankind one and then i ended up reading it and i was maybe like five or six at that point in time so that was i think the first thing that i kind of remember having that was merchandise wise so was dad uh, the gateway into wrestling? You mentioned them a, a few times. I know like when you were talking yeah. about comics. So is he your gateway into comics and wrestling? Yeah, honestly, whether it's wrestling, music, comic books, like I'm so close with my parents and sister. So growing up, whatever was played in the house is what I ended up listening to. We went to Comic-Con together. We went to concerts together. Like we're a very tight-knit family. So um, definitely – he, he was the reason that I got into wrestling growing up. He used to go to shows with his dad all of the time. And uh, then it just ended up transferring down to me. Well, and, and speaking of that, I mean, how awesome is it? And this, this kind of ends up being like a reoccurring theme, like through a lot of our episodes is that like, it was just like one chance of uh, just doing something 
and not being scared to do it. Your, your dad was like, hey, go interview those two people, ask two random questions, and got it on video. And that kind of that blossomed really, you know, for your music blog and now into wrestling. And it kind of just grew into this gigantic thing for you. I mean, and it all started with your dad just encouraging you, hey, go up there and go ask a couple questions, you know? No, I, I always tell him. No, for sure. And I always tell him I'm grateful for that because like as a kid, I was scared shitless to do anything like that. Like it was really scary for me to even think about approaching a band I, I loved yet alone to get a photo um, or to get a photo yet alone to be like, hey, can I have like a minute of your time for a quick yeah. little interview? So the fact that he and my mom have always been so, so supportive and everything. And like I didn't go to um, after high school, I didn't go to university or college. I was accepted into a few of them, but my site was actually starting to pick up and do well. And I was working with all these major labels. They were like, you know what? Just like put university on hold and see what you can do for yourself. And so like, they've always been so supportive. And even sometimes if I like get in a funk or something, like they're, they're always there to motivate me and be like, get off your ass and let's, let's kick this back into full gear. And it's nice because like they're hands on, like when I was younger, especially. And now since I'm, since I'm older, um, it's great because I can kind of show them like, yo, this is this is what I can do. Like, obviously, I'm traveling alone, I'm doing all this stuff. I I handle all my interviews, merch, like everything behind the scenes. So it's nice knowing I can go to them for advice. Um, even if I get like a new merch idea, I'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? So it's really nice having having that support and just people to lean on. Like, you need a good support system. It's sure. especially when you're. I don't mean this in like an egotistical way, but like especially when you're in the spotlight in a certain regard, like people can be awesome and people can freaking suck. So it's like really nice having a good group of people around you um, that just from the jump has been like, yeah, we believe in you. You can do this. And also they help, they help ground you too. Like, so you don't get too big of a head and they're like, Hey, we remember when you weren't so big, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice. Like it's one of those things too, where the site is really, it's doing well and it's nowhere near where I want it to be. But from being that kid, just interviewing bands now being like on TV every week, um, yeah. with MLW like it's 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 super surreal for me and there's a lot of stuff in the works right now um, whether it's with MLW or that I'm working on for myself or influencer campaigns like I never thought companies like excuse me like um BMW or Budweiser or Hot Topic whatever have interest in someone like me but over the last few years I've been really uh, I hate to use the word, word blessed but like I've been really fortunate to um you know, hashtag blessed to uh, work with these people. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's been awesome. Well, D Dave, Dave and I are kind of uh, like big proponents of if you want something kind of like put it on the universe and work towards it. You know, like yeah. I, when we first started, uh, I was really ambitious and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan and I want a podcast with Kevin Smith. I'm like, that's, that's my number one goal. Like if we can do that, uh, you know, I will. I'll never have to podcast again. That that's my white whale. And then it happened. You know, I got I got to podcast with Kevin Smith, and Grant. It was only for about fifteen minutes. You know, but those fifteen minutes felt like an hour to me, and it was like super cool. And it happened. We were only about like three, four months into the show, and I was just like, oh man, like us kind of hustling and like working our butts off to to actually you know know what we're doing because again like i was i was seeing across from someone who's the king of podcasts for for the most part you know this man's made made his living off just talking into a microphone and it can be very nerve-wracking i imagine because for you you you've interviewed so many you know 
legends in, in the world of wrestling that you you probably can you know recognize or you're just like all right uh don't say but like and um yeah a lot and uh like there's a million things in your head that you're like don't say this don't say this make sure that you know you're that you're communicating what you want to communicate especially in like the short amount of time that you have and you know it happened and it was it was awesome it was fun and i think had dave and i kind of not put that out there where it's like this is something that's going to happen and kind of work towards it you know it wasn't like kevin smith was going to approach us and say hey do you guys want to interview yeah. me about, you gotta shoot your shot yeah you gotta shoot right. your shot because again no one's going to show up and you know youtube wasn't going to show up to your house and say hey alicia uh do you want to have a successful channel just here you go it already has these subscribers just go ahead and just start making videos like you had to hustle and i'm sure you know you go back and look at some of your older work because it happens with me all the time i'll go back and listen to some of my older stuff and i'm like ah i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it but there's always that sense of like okay i can see now how much my work has grown how much better i've gotten at this specific thing or how much better i've gotten at you know not saying or not doing that uh and again like you seem like pretty like you have a, a good head on your shoulders uh, I've never gotten the sense from you that like, you know, that you've let let the fame kind of get to your head because again, like, you are pretty young and like you're very talented. So I I can't imagine like, you know, that you've hit the glass ceiling as far as it comes to you know what you're doing with your YouTube channel and with like the world of wrestling. Uh, so it, it's pretty good to hear you know that like again you've got like a good shoulder or get head on your shoulders. And, like, you're ready for whatever comes next, you know. However big MLW gets or doesn't get, you know, maybe you get picked up by another company. But, like, I think it's pretty cool to hear that, like, oh, okay. Especially with your parents, that you you have someone who's, like, going to support you. Because, Dave, you know, it, it kind of reminds you of how, like, you are with your daughter. Where you're just, like, very supportive. And it's like, hey, if this is something you want to do, do it. But just, you know, don't half-ass it. Yeah. Right. Um. And our second question, sorry, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, our second question is, uh, what's your, do you have a favorite piece of wrestling, you know, merch, memorabilia, something that just means a lot to you? You know, I always go back to, I have my first ever wrestling shirt that's so worn out and washed out, but it's my Eddie Guerrero, I'm your poppy t-shirt. Uh, cause Eddie was just a favorite of mine. And I always think, I always think too, like that was such a weird storyline that they fought for the custody of a child in a ladder match something i don't think will will ever happen again within the world of wrestling but again just such a weird thing to, to think about yeah it's bizarre that even happened but it was it was, it was entertainment I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way <laughs> um as far as merch goes um i have both my all-in pass and the first star cast i ever did the uh back, like the pass for that the talent pass and i actually have it hanging up on my uh wall and i have a bunch of like stuff on there whether it's whether it's the first star cast i did because that was the first convention i ever did along with the first like big big pay-per-view i did um so i have both of those passes up there along with a bunch of other stuff so i think that is just a fun little moment where i'm like okay you really put yourself out there to you were just an interviewer and then you had to practice the acting and everything else for promo work so i think that's just a little reminder of you know you never know what can come your way if you ask for it and if you hustle so um, yeah, I have, I have those little nice reminders on my wall. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is a, like you mentioned, like a, a nice reminder. And, uh, 
kind of just way to gauge like oh man i've, I've come this far because again how dave mentioned earlier it's it's got to be it's it's got to be pretty cool to to know that like oh your dad your dad did like the most dead thing and like oh just go talk to these people here go go ask them for an interview uh which again it's like that's totally something that like my dad would do because most people in that position like they're not gonna tell a kid no you know e- even if it's just them kind of just humoring them for a little bit but it's cool to see again how how far you've come how much you've grown um where can people find you online well, thank you, first of all, for having me on for the kind words. It's uh, been a pleasure. So thank you for that. Um, as far as finding me online, if you guys just search Alicia2 into your Google bots, um, you will find my website, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I recently got on TikTok, which was such a mistake, but now it's happening. So I'm on there. Um, if you pretty much search my name, you'll find everything from MLW to the merch store. So, yeah, um, say howdy. Follow me on on whatever you'd like to follow me on. I love interacting with people and retweeting the crap out of out of stuff. So yeah, just thank you for the support. If you knew about me before, thank you a ton. If you're finding it out about me now, I I hope I gave you something that you liked hearing. And yeah, thank you for for listening. Well, we love having you on. Thank you for taking your time. Yes, thank you. Uh, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I I consider myself somewhat of a Canadian, so it's always fun we can have another Canadian on. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you again to the interview queen herself, Alicia. Uh, man, 4,000 interviews, I believe it was. Well, that's crazy. <sighs> Insane. And like, man, you know, to think like it all, it all just came from her dad saying like, hey, go, go ask him some questions. Yeah. Well, and, and to think like, you know, we've been doing it for what, what this is our 44th episode. Mm-hmm. Interviewing sometimes is not that easy. No. Like yeah. Lining up. Like, I mean, we've had scheduling conflicts happen and, you know, stuff like that. And just like lining up, four, you made it 4,000. That's crazy. Yeah. And it, it's, and I kind of feel like personally having done, like having done 44, sometimes, and like I bring it up with her, kind of like my my little my all in story, but I forget like not everyone has heard the stories you have to tell, and she's very much someone who has stories to tell. Hearing how she got her start, like it's fun. So I can imagine, yeah. you know, telling that story to that many people, like it, it's cool. But it's also to get to hear that many people's stories. You know, like my favorite thing about this is bringing people on and just hearing them talk, hearing them, you know, about. The weird things they're into that you would never guess. Exactly. It's it's always fun getting to know people aside from the wrestling personalities because some people have really fun and interesting personalities within the world of wrestling. But it's always also fun to hear just people's stories. I know a lot a lot of the feedback we get is we really like hearing people that work there talk about the experiences uh, within working there, and. That's something you know. That's something that we enjoy. I know how interesting Vinny and Julio are. I love yeah. hearing Paul talk about whatever the fuck it is. Me and Zisselman talk every day, so I know he's an interesting person. So when we get to record with them and talk with them, and like, hey, listen to these people talk who you don't necessarily know them, but you work, you know, you've purchased through Pro Wrestling Tees and you support Pro Wrestling Tees. So these are the people you're supporting. These are the people that you're helping and. 
you know let let hear some of them talk for a bit uh yeah for sure yeah because again it's always fun i i think we're running out of people to, to start interviewing soon i know maggie our customer service uh you kind of talk about scheduling conflicts there we were supposed to record with her uh prior to her pregnancy but uh she left had a had a nice healthy baby i think she might be coming back to work soon so whenever she's in the office we'll hopefully get an interview with her because she's been with the company now too for like six seven years and she was at there at the start for everything so it's always fun hearing the stories from those people who have been around from the beginning from the get-go you know yeah uh so I, I I tease it right before we got into an interview with Alicia. Um, maybe two, no, it was like a month and a half ago, maybe. You and I were on the phone discussing God knows what. And you mentioned to me, I think I'm going to, you say, once I, get, uh, once I get my Trump money, I think I know what I'm going to buy. I was like, oh, yeah? You're like, yeah, you're like, uh. I think I'm going to buy a, a movie replica turtle mask of the Ninja Turtles. To which I said, fuck yeah, do it. I am 100% behind this idea. And for those of you who follow Dave or myself, I, I guess I reposted the picture. I'll post it on the on the actual Instagram uh, page. Um, Dave, wh- why don't you tell the people at work, what you people at home, what you came to work with uh, this Friday? Oh, so I came in on Friday, and I, was, I can't tell you how excited. One, I was excited to get this thing. Because I had my eye on it, and anyone that knows me knows I love Ninja Turtles. I love them. Ninja Turtles and Batman. But um, so I went ahead, and I this mask with shipping was like 350 bucks. Crazy, I know. Most people look at that and say, what the hell were you thinking? But my wife, knowing me, was like, I don't have a problem with you getting it. Go ahead. She's very long-suffering when it comes to my uh, irrational purchases. But... I came in and as everyone, you know, I came in early, it was like seven o'clock. And as everyone was coming in, I was like, check this out. And I'd pull Leonardo's face over my face and everyone was like, Holy shit. Like, people were coming and touching it. Um, so I, I bought this, uh, I'll give him a little shout out, a little mini plug, but um, it's a company called uh, prop shop garage and they don't actually have a store. Um, I found them on Facebook and uh, like anytime you see videos of like a really nice, like, cosplay of the 90s turtles from the movie it's 99 percent. it's these guys that made it so they do like the full suits um and like the shells and everything i just got the mask because i can't even imagine what a suit would cost but um no so we're sitting there ryan comes in i was like check this out he's like sweet and i was like you mind if i take a picture wearing um the macho king's coronation robe and this mask and he's like sure (laughs) Why not? So I was, I put the robe on. First of all, I know you put the robe on yourself. Oh yeah. It's heavy. That thing's got some weight yeah. to it. Like it's you, quality. That's how you know it's quality. And that's how, also how you know that macho man was a fucking physical specimen at peak yeah. performance because yeah, that thing is, it's, it's no joke. Well, and, and I don't know about, I don't know how long you wore your, you wore it, but, um, I had it on for a little bit. And I was starting. It was starting to heat up in there, and I, I swear I'm not joking. I was like, "Am I sweating?" Because I kind of smelled sweat. It wasn't me. I was activating the pheromones inside this room. I was smelling Macho Man, and it wasn't a bad smell. 
I didn't wear it that long, but I oh. think I now may have to just to get some of these macho man pheromones. Yeah. I, I was like, I think I'm smelling macho man on this fucking thing. <laughs> he had to have sweated underneath it. I mean, that dude's he talks in sweats. So, um, no, so I got, a, I got a nice picture. It's on my Instagram. And like, like, uh, scrum said, we'll put it on ours, but, um, it's one of my favorite things. And now I got, I got to collect the whole set. I think, I mean, at this point, I, mean, I think you might have to, it'd be a disservice to me if I didn't listen, it would be a disservice to the macho man himself. If, if you didn't wear, well, yeah. If, yeah. If you did it now, it's, it is a pretty hefty robe, but nonetheless, awesome purchase with the mask, with the turtle mask, uh, our studio you know you've heard us talk about our studio it was supposed to have uh come together a lot more this weekend unfortunately you know with everything going on right now in the world uh we ultimately just decided against going anywhere um yeah yeah. it'll get done eventually it'll get done eventually and then dave and i have been kind of going back and forth with some fun youtube stuff that uh, we want to do once we have the studio in shape to record so be on the lookout for that um also uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening this far. Thank you for, yes. uh, you know, sticking around this long. We're actually running a, a Twitter giveaway. Uh, we we've talked about it on some of the previous episodes, and uh, it's called the Road to One Thousand Twitter Giveaway. We're basically just trying to get to a thousand followers right now. I believe we're at like six hundred, uh, and so yeah, so spread the word you know again if this is your first episode we've had so many past guests we've had the blue meanie kevin smith colt cabana zach Ryder, kurt hawkins john pollock and waiting of post wrestling marty DeRosa and sarah shockey of marty and sarah love wrestling ethan page effie kylie ray killer cross swoggle along with so many more and you know a lot of interviews with people here at the shop themselves and you know, we, we appreciate every single one of you guys that listens. We appreciate uh, every one of you who helped spread the word. So if this is your first time, go ahead and give us a uh, a follow. And once we get to a 1,000 uh, followers, we're actually doing uh, random giveaways to people who have followed us. Uh, the prizes include 10 free ten, ten, uh, shirts uh, that were given away courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees, five random Funko Pops brought to you by one of the sponsors of the PWT cast, M3 Toys. Uh, two Fanny DeVito fanny packs, which, if you're wondering, what is a Fanny DeVito fanny pack? Look it up. Words cannot do it justice. Yeah. It is probably, it is to the 21st century what the light bulb was to the 20th century. Uh, I agree. I agree, right? That That's fair to say. Uh, yeah. And so we're giving away two, two of those, courtesy of uh, another one of our sponsors, The Cryptic Closet. We're giving away a bunch of wrestling DVDs, courtesy of the official sponsor of the pwt cast freelance wrestling along with some pwt cast stickers and just a ton of stuff you know we're just we're trying to to spread awareness get it uh get some more followers so if you already aren't uh give us a follow and use the hashtag pwt tweet cast and yeah it'll it'll make for some fun interaction on there uh so before we go, I wanted to give a, a special big shout out to friends of the show, the Allen Club, the Allen family. Oh, We've had a Wes and Cash on here before. Uh, Ashley, she's done a fan of the week for us uh, in weeks past, and God, God bless them. I, I I still have a package to send them. I admittedly they've been slow on, on sending it, but I'm gonna send it out to them this weekend. But Wes hit me up last week. He was like, "Hey, what's your address? Uh, you know, we want to send you a nice Ohio care package." And I was like, "Oh." awesome you know i gave him my address uh and then he goes oh hold on he goes my mom wants to bake something for you as well and i'm like 
okay, sure. And uh, received the package. Had some very some very tasty homemade caramel corn from his mom, which was it was really good. I was sharing that with the guys around the shop. Uh, and then yesterday, you guys, I'm I'm listen, I'm a wimp when it comes to like spicy foods. Uh, so I I was like here, I know you guys will enjoy this, but it was uh the it was like some spicy chips, right? The the ones that I gave the, to you, the ghost pepper jack, the ghost pepper jack oh, chips. Those were so good. I Paul kept. Paul was so excited about them. He literally took a picture of him. He's like, I have to order these through Amazon. So those are a big hit with the guys. Uh, and there's some, uh, some, some other goodies in there, but I was super excited with, he, he threw in a hardcover copy of Eddie Guerrero's book, which I have somewhere. I can't, I can't find, I mean, I now have two copies, uh, but one is lost currently somewhere. I mean, when I moved over, I didn't unpackage everything. So I know it's in here somewhere, but I was super happy yeah. that they sent that over. You know, awesome friends of the show. I was supposed to. I was supposed to meet meet up with them in Ohio for a horror hound the weekend, uh, right before the corona hit. So it was a bum that I didn't get to see them. But once you know, once all this is over, I I hope to to get to interview them again because Wes is you know Wes is a fucking awesome guy. You know, him and his wife, they're raising those kids over there. Super yeah. cool. And Cash, their son, super talented, you know, plays the ukulele. And I I hope I can get him to, to do, you know, do an original for us one of these days. Yeah. Uh, but staying, unfortunately, I um, I feel that it's uh, it's about that time of the, that about that time of the week where I've run out of things to say. Yeah, me too. I'm all talked out myself. All right, you guys. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, again, if you already aren't, go ahead and give us a follow on on Twitter and Instagram at BWTCast. But uh, until then, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWTCast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. <laughs>